The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. You know, hey, yeah, like Gina said, thanks for being here. We're so glad you're here today. My name is John Lewis. I'm the Connections Pastor here at LifePoint Church. And our lead teaching pastor, Eric Darst, uh, is taking the Sunday off. Uh, He did still prepare a sermon just in case Gina went into labor. So, you know, he was still ready to roll just in case. But, you know, I'm appreciative of our pastor letting uh, younger ministers like myself and other people uh, at the church here to come up and and preach God's word. So I'm excited to share God's word with you all today. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. And uh, since this is Mother's Day, uh, I don't feel like it's like, you know, I feel like on Mother's Day you have to share some, like, motherly wisdom, right? You know, like, I don't know what it's like to be a good mom, but I'm sure, like, some people out here know what it's like to be an awesome mom, right? So if you're, like, if you're, you know, who, who in here is, like, under 15 years old? You get anybody under, under 15 years old in here? Now, let me ask you guys, let me put you all on the spot. If you were going to say, uh, if you were going to stand up and say, hey, uh, this is some awesome motherly wisdom, Dominic, what do you think it takes to be an awesome mom? <laughs> Uh, I'm, oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared. Uh, loving your kids. Loving your, man, so good, man. Ellie, what do you think it takes to be an awesome mom? <laughs> I mean, I, I got one for you in the pocket, all right? You got to have kids, right? You got to have children to be a mom, right? Right? I'll ask, I'll ask one more, all right? Not that I'm biased, but Liam, what do you think it takes to be an awesome mom? Doesn't have an answer. <laughs> Love it. You know, hey, I'll be honest with you guys, being a mom is, is a tough task, and only a mom really knows what it takes to be an awesome mom. I mean, we got some awesome moms here at LifePoint Church, and uh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you guys are here today, and I'm glad that we have some awesome moms here. So when we were talking about the preaching schedule for uh, 2018, and uh, so, you know, we were going through some things, and uh, we're talking about the holiday schedule, you know. And it was decided on that Caleb Sheet would preach on Father's Day because, uh, he was, you know, he's, Eric said he's like a man's man. You know, he's, he's like, he's a man's man. I think the men will respond well to that. And then so we went around, and then it was my turn, and they said, they were like, John, you'll preach Mother's Day. I'm like, are you serious right now? Dang it, man. Hey, I can't help it, you know. I can't, I can't, you know, I wish that I could grow a full beard. I just can't, you know. I just can't. So open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 30. What we have here is we have a guy that is a little bit down on himself, right? He says this, The words of Augur, son of Jacob, the oracle. The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Who can relate? Anybody can relate? Anybody? All right. Every morning, you know, Gina's pregnant. We've got a lot of pregnant ladies in the church right now. And if you're pregnant, chances are you can definitely relate, man. I'm tired. Even if you're not pregnant, you're just like, man, I'm just going through the grind every day, day in and day out. I'm tired and I'm worn out. Let's keep reading. Verse 2 says, Surely I am too stupid to be a man, which is exactly how I felt when I found out I was preaching Mother's Day. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. And it says, I have not the understanding of a man or of humankind or of mankind. Man, this guy right here, he's really down on himself, right? He's like, oh, man, he's playing that game where he's like mentally just verbally beating himself up. 
And who knows what, it hap- what, he, what happened for him to get to this spot. But, you know, chances are, you know, he missed a 9 o'clock meeting at work or he overslept or, you know, he burned the coffee first thing in the morning. Something that happened to me just the other day is I opened up Facebook first thing in the morning. Worst habit to get into, by the way. Opened up Facebook and I started scrolling. And it, it took me like two scrolls to all of a sudden see a photo of somebody that was seeing some awesome success in a short amount of time. And I was like, who is this fool right here? You know, I've been trying to do this for so long, you know, and you, know, and you just start, you compare yourself, you fall into that comparison trap really quick. And then pretty soon you're beating your own self up because uh, Jimmy John down the street is having like overnight success and you've been laboring, trying to make things happen for yourself. And you're like, you're trying to be happy for them, but at the same time you get down on yourself. Am I the only one that happens to you guys? Can you guys relate? And then I'm reminded of the scripture that says this, though, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But I'm not going to lie to you. In that moment, it set a path for me for the rest of the day when I started comparing myself to others. And then suddenly I was like, I'm so dumb. I'm so worthless. What is the point of my life even for? Maybe I should just go back to bed this morning. But I want to tell you this morning that because of the gospel, you don't have to feel that way. And because of Jesus, you don't have to compare yourself to other people because Jesus made you the way that he made you. And as long as you're always continuing to push forward, I think that's what you want for your own life. You know, uh, moms really struggle with this, by the way, with this thing called mommy guilt, right? Suddenly you're like, Suddenly, you know, you yell at your kids and you've got mommy guilt. You don't play with your kids enough and you've got mommy guilt, right? You, uh, you, you disciplined your kids too much or not enough and then you've got mommy guilt, right? Man, I, it's, it's a tough thing to go through. All moms probably experience that particular thing. But sometimes I feel like the best thing for your kids, you know, sometimes moms, moms get down on themselves about, their kids diet, and they're, my kid's going to be so malnourished, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that might be true sometimes, but however, sometimes the best thing for your kid is that dadgum hot dog, right? You're like, you know what, because what's that's best for me? I don't got time to make you a full meal. We're stopping at QT, all right? $2 hot dogs. <laughs> sometimes the best thing for your kids is for you to raise your voice and tell them to knock it off. And that's the best thing for that, and you don't have to feel guilty. You know, this guy right here, felt terrible about himself, maybe comparing himself to others or maybe just comparing himself to himself and measuring up his shortcomings from his past, maybe sitting at a traffic light and suddenly he's thinking of something he said 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And he was like, I was such an idiot. I should not have said that. Still beating himself up. I remember Pastor Eric talked about this one time. He called it uh, hype music, changing the hype music inside of your mind. Let's keep reading. Verse 3 says this. He says, I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Have you ever felt like, you know, man, I just don't know that much about the Bible. Like, I want to know about Jesus. I want to know God. Listen, the best thing that you need to know about Jesus in the Bible is Jesus in your place. I mean, that's the gospel right there. That's what the Bible's all about. 
And so if you're like, well, I would like to know more about the minor prophets, the first thing you need to know is that the minor prophets are about Jesus in your place. And you're like, but I want to know all those awesome stories in Genesis. I'll save you some time and tell you Jesus in your place is what all of those stories are all about. Even when you get to the final chapter in Genesis, you can be reminded that the best thing to know about God in the Bible is Jesus in your place. So if you feel like, wow, I wish I knew more about God or I knew, wish I knew more about Jesus, that's the first place to start. That's the best thing that there is to know is that Jesus loves you and he died for you. Man, I remember we watched those baptism stories uh, a couple weeks ago. My, one of my favorite, ba- they were all awesome, but one of my favorite ones uh, was the girl that said, you know, I don't really remember all of the answers, but what I do remember is that Jesus loves you and he never gives up on you. I love my son's storybook Bible because it talks about God's never-ending, never-giving-up love. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm just going to use this on Sunday. I'm just going to open up the storybook Bible and start preaching, man. You know, Come on. Man, I love that thing. When we compare ourselves to other folks, you know, we, we start to feel like, uh, like other people's life is perfect, right? Maybe you, might, you might be the, the one that is perfect, I'm, I'm, I'm normally not on the, perfect, the perfection end of that. I remember this one time I was at uh, Walmart, you know, and just growing up in the country, right? And then, you know, being uh, on staff at a church for like five years in a small town that was primarily coal mining and farms. You know, it was, it was moving here was kind of a little bit of an adjustment, but a well-received adjustment. I remember I was at Walmart having one of my first suburban experiences, you know, and uh, I'm at the Walmart, I'm in the coffee and tea aisle, and uh, should have been at Target, by the way, but, you know, everybody learns their lesson. And uh, no, I'm kidding, I love Walmart. So there I was in the coffee and tea aisle, and then there was another lady there, and uh, she was looking at a box of tea for dandelion tea. Dandelion tea's got a bunch of great things for you, you know? It's also a spice, you can just sprinkle it right on your food, or, or an herb, you can sprinkle it right on your food. And uh, looking at the tea, and I said, you know... You, can, uh, you don't have to buy the tea. You can just go to your yard and, you know, make tea from the dandelions in your own yard. Save yourself five bucks. And she looked at me all crazy like, I don't have dandelions in my yard. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. We don't have dandelions in our yard. You know, chances are you probably don't have dandelions in your yard either. Sometimes when you're comparing yourself to others and you look at somebody else's life, and you're like, wow, sure would be nice to be a perfect bouquet of flowers all the time. And you start playing that game. Look at her husband, man. Look at, look at his wife. Man, look at, look at how much money he has. Look at his car. Look at, look at her house. Look at how well behaved her kids are. Man, it's so awesome to be like that. I wish I was like that. And you're over here comparing their life, making it look like they've got this perfect bouquet of flowers. You're feeling like these dumb dandelions over here, despised and rejected, and everybody hates you, you know? Chances are your life is neither. It's neither dandelions nor it's, it's flowers. It's just you. It's just who you who you've become and who God's created you to be. And this guy continues. He says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Which I think is really interesting because he's just being down on himself and he's not even trying to talk about Jesus. He says, Who's gathered the wind in his fist? Who's wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who's established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? What is his son's name? Surely you know. Now, I know it's not Christmas, but I think that we can talk about that Jesus wrapped himself in flesh and came to the earth so that he could die for our sins. 
so that he could die on a cross for us. And he says this, who has gathered the wind in his fists? You can flip over in your Bible to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It says this, man, I love this so much. Here we go, you guys ready? This is one of my favorite stories about Jesus. It said, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but all day Jesus had been in a boat talking to the masses all day. So when the Bible says they took him just as he was, he was tired and he was exhausted. So they get in the boat and other boats were with him. In verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion I think that's interesting that he's like, he's asleep on the cushion because the other, you know, people that were with them were like, we didn't have a cushion, all right? You know what I'm saying? He was asleep on the cushion. We were up on the top where the wood was, sitting on the wood, okay? He was asleep on the cushion. And they awoke with him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? You ever felt like that? Jesus, do you not care? Sometimes, you know, it's like your life is headed in this direction, and you're like, well, I would turn this ship around and go back the other way, but my ship is out of control. I mean, I would just drop the anchor and try to ride out this storm or this life, but my ship is out of control. Jesus, do you not care? God, do you not care about my life? Is it some sort of game to you? I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I've felt like that before. And what I think is amazing is that in verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they, now talk to me a little bit right here. So who do you think they was? Who is that? The disciples, all right? Now start naming off the disciples for me. Who are the disciples? Okay, I couldn't hear you. It's too mumbly. So you got to say it louder for me. Okay, okay, all right, Peter, right? Peter was one of those disciples. I couldn't hear you guys up here, all right? All right, Peter was one of those disciples. And I think in this moment, it could, be, it could be that he learned an awesome lesson because in 1 Peter, it says this right here. 1 Peter chapter 5, it says this. Man, I love 1 Peter chapter 5. Flip over there. It could be that in this moment that he learned this very thing. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Right? Now, these dudes are all on this boat, and I imagine like some of these disciples being fishermen, just growing up on boats, being professionals on boats. Like, they would know how to handle like the waves of the sea and the ebb and flow of the sea. But when they get to the point where they're like, we're going to go to the only person that didn't grow up on a boat. Okay, Jesus, we're going to die if you don't, like, you know, do something out here. So do you not care about this? Because we know you can change our circumstance. So do you not care? So they had to go to the only person that didn't know. Didn't, he probably knew. He knows all things. He knows how to drive a boat. But he didn't grow up on the boat. So he goes to the only person that didn't do that. So they had to humble themselves. 
And it says this in verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So when these disciples roll up on Jesus and they say, do you not care? And then Jesus says, and he woke, he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea. He said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think it's amazing that, that if we didn't praise God, like Jesus said, the rocks themselves would cry out, right? So Jesus is standing there on the end of the boat with, with the rocks knowing who Jesus is and the stars in the sky knowing who Jesus is, the wind and the water know who Jesus is, and then all of a sudden, the disciples are like, who is this guy? He's amazing. And Jesus says, peace, be still, because he does care for us. And you know what? When he stood up on that boat and he rebuked the wind and he rebuked the rain and the waves and then asked his disciples that hard question like, do you still not have any faith even after coming with me this whole time? You know, Jesus didn't feel guilty about that either. And sometimes in your own life, and you look at your own little creations running around, sometimes you got to be like, hey, peace be still, okay, before I grab uh, like the spanking spoon, or I don't know if you spank or not, or get your nose in the corner, whatever mode of discipline you like. I don't think Jesus felt guilty. I don't think you have to feel guilty either. Let's keep reading in Proverbs 30. And it says this, Who has wrapped up the waters... In a garment, who has established all the ends of the earth? Did you know that Jesus created all things and he holds all things together? That the Bible says, in him all things consist, all things hold together. Like it's the same Jesus that made these like huge bowls of water called the ocean that can also control you by the Holy Spirit. It's the same amazing Jesus that does all of these things. And so he can take the water and he can wrap it up in a garment and he can tell the water, come this far, and then when the moon is full and high, come that far. You know, sometimes we get a little bit anxious thinking about tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And we get anxious thinking about our own kids' lives. Like, well, what, what are they going to do? What are they going to become? And we get a little bit worried about the future. But Jesus said that don't be anxious about tomorrow and don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough trouble for itself. And if you pray for your kids and you want them to know Jesus and you want them to be wise... I would say that you are the biggest answer to that prayer in your kids' lives. That's why God gave them you. Amen. And if you're a dad and you're like, well, I want my, my kids to, to love Jesus and to be successful and to show up to work on time and, and to respect women, then I would say you first. Because I think that's what Jesus modeled. I think he modeled hard work. I think he modeled... Sacrificial love, obviously. 
I think, I think he always respected women. And so I would say, let that be your model. I remember when I was a kid in high school, and we took, and our youth group would always take these mission trips. Man, we went everywhere. We went to like Daytona Beach and shared the gospel. And we went to like, you know, New York City, Mexico. Some people went to Canada. I mean, it was really cool how we got to go on all these great mission trips. And I remember when we were in New York City, uh, we got to run neighborhood Bible times all over uh, New York. So in all the different, you know, boroughs, you know, Manhattan, Queens, you know, the Bronx, everywhere, we ran these uh, neighborhood Bible time, which is like a, you know, Bible club for kids or whatever. It was a good time. Well, I remember our youth pastor had us memorize a lengthy portion of Psalm 24, and I don't remember, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't remember anything about that mission trip uh, except two things. I remember walking into this, uh, this lamb restaurant where they were roasting lamb heads for people to eat. Pretty weird and gross. And then I also remember uh, the first part of Psalm 24 when it says, fret not thyself. All right? And I, nobody, any of the kids... Nobody remembered anything. We had to memorize the portion, memorize the portion of Scripture, and then tell our youth pastor when we were ready. All right, we had like a week to do it. And we were like, okay, okay, uh, Pastor Jim, we're ready to say our Bible verse. And all of us, there were like 15 of us, 15 students, we'd go and we'd be like, we'd start out, we would say, fret not thyself. And then we'd pause, and it was like brain fart over here. And we couldn't remember the rest of the Scripture. So to this day, I still can't remember that scripture except for fret not thyself. That's all I remember, right? Fret not thyself. I know if you're like me, chances are you're fretting over the past, sweating over the future. Have you ever been to the gym and before you got to the gym, you took a pre-workout, right? One time I was going to the gym, I, was, I knew I was going to have a hard workout and it was like a group fitness kind of a thing. I took a pre-workout supplement, and I took double the portion because I was like, when I get there, I, mean, I want to kill this workout, and I, was, I knew it was going to be grueling. I had never done it before. I was a little bit nervous, so I took double the pre-workout so I would be pumped, okay? So I get up there, and I find out I'm an hour early, and I have all this pre-workout in my system, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm sitting there on the couch. I'm just going to wait it out, I guess, and it was like, I, just, I start sweating, right? I'm like, why am I I'm not even doing anything right now? My heart is pumping. I'm like, gosh, man, I really feel like I should be getting up and doing something. Pretty soon my hands are shaking. I'm like, I haven't even eaten anything but double the portion of pre-workout today. I'm like, I'm sitting there like this. I'm like, this is awesome, right? So pretty soon I just, I'm like, I guess I'll just go work out a little bit. Worrying is kind of like that. Like suddenly it's like your heart gets going, your hands start sweating, you know, you get all nervous. And your whole life starts getting all crazy because you're worrying about tomorrow, not even focusing on the very thing that's in front of you, not even focusing on the very day that you have today. And that's what Jesus wants you to do. Is he wants you to focus on the now. He wants you to focus here, today, and on this moment. And when you go home and it's time to take a nap, it's time to do that and to focus on that nap. Jesus isn't against naps either, and he doesn't feel guilty for taking a nap on the cushion when everybody else is doing something else, and he's downstairs on the cushion. Jesus didn't feel guilty. And Jesus didn't feel guilty when he got woke up and said, do you still not have any faith? Jesus didn't feel guilty. You don't have to feel guilty either. The last part of the scripture, man, is my favorite, because he says this. He says, who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name? Surely you know. You know, I don't know where you're at on your faith 
journey. When it comes to Jesus, I don't know if you're all in or not in at all, but chances are the only thing that you need to know is Jesus in my place. This scripture right here is about Jesus in my place because I don't know enough. I'm not good enough, but I have Jesus in my place. You know, you start thinking about, well, what about that thing that I said 10 years ago and 15 years ago and 20 years ago and that thing that I did? Well, if Jesus was standing right here and you were thinking about that thing that you keep feeling guilty about over and over and over again, and if Jesus was right here, Jesus would say, well, there's now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I actually took that statement and I cast it from as far as the east is from the west. So I have moved on and I think it's time for you to move on too. You know, there's power in Jesus' name and there's healing in Jesus' name. There's new stories in Jesus' name, new directions in Jesus' name. You know, there's a story in the Bible where this, there was this man that was healed in Jesus' name. You can move on in Jesus' name. There's strength, hope, and purpose in Jesus' name, and you can follow the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus' name. There's healing, building, and overcoming in Jesus' name.